Welcome to Tales of Moxie. I'm Desiree. And I'm Jenna Lee, and we're your hosts each week. Each week, we interview women to hear their stories, and we address topics that don't usually get talked about so openly. Be ready for honest and raw conversations about all the things we're struggling with as real women. I want to start this week a little bit different, and I want to thank you guys for always listening to Tales of Moxie. We have had so many women tell us that they listen weekly, and we are completely overwhelmed and so grateful. On that note, this episode is our last episode of season one. We are taking a break for the rest of November and December to enjoy time with our family and to just be around for the holidays. We are excited, though, to come back with a bunch of new episodes in January. So we hope that you'll join us then. In the meantime, enjoy this episode with Sienna Thompson of Australia. She was so much fun to interview. She has such a unique story. Her story revolves around her breast implant illness. If you haven't heard of that, research it, check it out. It's crazy and her story will really be eye-opening to you. The thing that we loved about it was that Jesus used something like breast implants to bring her to him. So enjoy it, leave us messages, and let us know what you think. And if you want to find Sienna, reach out to her. She is a beautiful soul, and we so enjoyed everything that she had to say. All right. Well, welcome to the Tales of Moxie podcast. We are so excited. We have Sienna Thompson. I have followed you on Instagram now for a little while. I found you in the middle of August, I think. Just randomly, you popped up in my Instagram feed, and I saw one of your posts and you were talking so openly about your story that I just knew. I, I mean, I messaged you right there and was like, she has to be on the podcast. So we are so excited to have you and welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I would love for you to just tell our listeners your story and just start wherever you want to start. And we'll just, we'll just jump right in. Yeah, totally. Um, well, basically... For the last three years, I've just been suffering with, well, obviously breast implant illness, but at the time I didn't know. For a majority of the three years, like probably two and a half years, I just didn't know what was happening. I mean, I grew up on like a farm. I grew up around horses, donkeys, chickens. I grew up on a cane farm. Like I've, and I've been a competitive swimmer my whole life, like an athlete, always really fit, never got sick. So my immune system was amazing. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that as like, you know, oh my gosh, my immune system is amazing. <laughs> Bragging. I never got sick. It was so, it was so weird. But um, as soon as I, I mean, as soon as I got, I guess, breast implants, that's when my body started going downhill. But at the time, I didn't know, I couldn't correlate between, you know, the breast implants and my sickness, my illnesses. I just kept going to specialist after specialist after specialist, looking for answers. And like, sure, they helped a bit, but nothing could cure it. But I didn't actually know what was happening. It was an autoimmune thing. Mm. But like, what brings me back to getting them in the first place is like a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) you know, it's crazy. It's just crazy. So So I've been suffering. You had them for three years. What what did bring you to want to make that decision to to get them in the first place and to go for? I know that I think you're a physical trainer, right? So you're kind of yeah. in in a world of fitness and and body yeah. image yeah. and things like that. Okay, so this is a bit of a big story. Um, I'll start with pretty much like at school. Like I grew up, um, obviously, like I said, being a competitive swimmer, competing 
all the time and I was always on the pool deck, always my togs and I used to get bullied and for not having any boobies, not having, you know, you know, like a girly physique. I was a very muscly little girl. Looking back at it now, I think, man, I had the best body like at school. Yeah. Like I was a little chick. But at the time when you, you know, you're not like everyone else, you're not like mm-hmm. you know, that stereotypical girl with the big boobies and the bum and stuff, you know, you're going to get, you get bullied. And you know how mean boys can be. It was mainly mm-hmm. boys. I can still remember my first ever memory. I was in grade four and I just won all my races on the pool deck and I had um, the boy that I really liked come up to me on the, on the side of the pool and he just congratulated me for all my, my wins. And I was like, thank you so much. I'm staying there in my togs. And all this group of his friends come up behind him and they just like looked straight at my thighs, pointed and go, thunder thighs, thunder thighs. Mm-hmm. And I can still remember it. And I remember just like, like I was in shock. That was the first time I ever had like a really nasty kind of comment. But it's crazy because they stick with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how old I was in grade four, but... That's great four. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first of it because then it just got worse and worse from there on. But, you know, your mum would always say, oh, the boys only pick on you because they like you. <laughs> and, like, it might be true, but then girls started picking on me throughout school because um, I had big shoulders, big thighs, and what one would call a swimmer's body and a you no know, bum and all that kind of stuff. So that was an insecurity for me at the time. As I got older uh, and I quit swimming, I didn't want to gain body fat because I was in fear of gaining fat, getting, getting fat. So when I quit competitive swimming, I was like, right, I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to get involved and I'm going to, you know, get really fit. And that's when like, I think Instagram just came out and I remember getting Instagram and just suddenly seeing all of these really tan shredded people. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to look like that to be validated, you know, like, and I'm like, right, that's my goal now. My goal is to be swimming. Now my goal is to get on stage and impress people. Like that's what, that was what I wanted to do. I also wanted to see if I could do it, but um, to an extent it was more so I could feel appreciated by other people, obviously from being bullied and rejected and whatnot. Um, So yeah, when I got into the fitness industry, um, I started competing and I was doing quite well. I was doing quite well for myself. Started personal training, went to fit college, started um, doing all that kind of scene, really enjoying it. And um, I remember I did my first competition. I think I got a place in my fitness, but I, I'm not too sure. I remember being my leanest though. And I was at the gym and a big bunch of guys again, mm-hmm. that were my friends said, you know, you look good. I was at the bench press. I still remember this. I was benching. I felt really good. Still got my comp tan half on because I just competed on the weekend. And I got off the bench press and, you know, a couple of boys come over and they said, yeah, you looked great, but you do know, um, see, you're not going to make it any further unless you get breast implants. And I remember like standing there going, what do you mean? And they were like, well, in this industry, if you don't have breast implants, it doesn't complete the physique. And, you know, you look at all the pros, like they've got breast implants, they've got, they've got the package. And, you know, that really hit me. It struck, it struck me. And I remember just being like, man, wow, now I've got to save up. I saved up for Fit College. Now I've got to save up for boobs now. Man, saved up for all my equipment to go run boot camps and stuff. So all the while this was happening, I was just... I don't know. I was just getting lost in what other people were saying and what they wanted of me. And I remember just, um, I think my sis, my older sister, she ended up getting her boobies done like a year before me 
like a, 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 well, a year before this day, she got them done in Thailand. And so I was like, oh, my sister's got them. I might just ask her all, the, all about it. And she did. And she told me all about it. And it seemed normal. Like she speaks about it like it's nothing. Um, at the time, it's so crazy to think about it now. At the time, she just thought she was getting pregnant and like, you know, constantly mm. and then having a miscarriage. And she, she just was getting so sick. She just thought that she was just getting hammered. But ultimately these boobs were making her that ill, that her hormones were going crazy, her menstrual cycle, couldn't eat anything like dairy, everything, she had to cut everything out, but she, she didn't know for ages. And I just thought that it, it was just um, hormonal stuff as well. It's so funny, we look back at it now, and we're like, no, she's still sick, she's still got them in. But uh, that's another story. So um, I asked my sister all about it, and then a couple of my other friends got them as well. And here's me just going, wow, everyone's got them. They've got to be safe. It's fine. It's not a big deal. And so um, I looked into it and, and like, I, I, I didn't really measure up the pros or the cons. I didn't really research it too much. Like, I was like, this is what I need. I need these. I want to be famous. I want this. I want this. This is how I'm going to do it. And um, I'm pretty sure I wrote a pros and cons list because my now husband was the only one that told me not to get them. So Isaac, God love him, he's so beautiful. <laughs> he was like, write a pros and cons list, see, and you'll, you know, you'll, it'll determine whether you should get them or not. Because I think um, over in Australia, there's a place, there was a place called the Cosmetic Institute. Um, they do them quite cheap. So they do them for about five, six grand. And, but they're com cosmetic surgeons compared to plastic surgeons who do them for like 11, 12 grand, even gotcha. more. Well, I'm like, I've saved up six grand. I can go and just pay out, right? Um, yeah. And so I think I ended up, you know, Isaac, I wrote my pros and cons list and my <laughs> the only cons that I had were literally like, oh, I won't be able to train for a little while or won't be able to go grocery shopping for a little while. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I didn't know anything about you know, they're not lifelong devices. We were told that they were and we didn't know anything about like they could have a chance to make you sick. I think the only thing they really tell you is you may have a chance of getting capsular contracture and that's just when the scar tissue doesn't really, I think, heal properly around the, the breast implant. So that's all. And then they're like, and they'll, they'll like assure you, it's like a 5% chance that that'll be you. So... <laughs> So I had my consult and everything and I was like, right, I'm going to fly down to Bondi in Sydney because I live in the Sunshine Coast and I'm going to go and do it. And it's just so crazy because I look back at that now and I'm like, at the time, because people are like, oh, why'd you get them? And I say, at the time, I didn't just want them, but I needed them. Mm -hmm. And I say that because, you know, like that saying, and it's like, show me your um, closest five friends and I'll show you your future mm -hmm. or like, I'll, I'll you who you are well it's kind of like everyone that I was surrounding myself with at the time were people that were in the fitness industry heavily or they were quite insecure or like you know they always had to do something more to they were never felt like they were enough so ultimately that's how I was and I didn't want the boobs I needed them I also wanted to feel more feminine I wanted to walk into my favorite shop named Mura and wear like a v-cut dress and just be able to wear it without my little mozzy bites falling out of my dress you know <laughs> like I, so I look at it and I, I do say yes I did it for me because I knew no better at the time you know how people say do it for yourself make sure you don't do it for anyone else I did it for me but that was honestly because I didn't think that I 
had a choice. Mm. So whether it was for other people, but it was also for me, if that makes sense, it's really hard to explain mm. it. Um, so yeah, ended up getting them. And I think, after, I think four days after I got them, um, I was hospitalized. I was in the emergency room because I had the worst stomach pain ever. Um, ultimately, I had to cut out dairy and everything. And it was just, it just started. The allergy started. Everything started. I was in emergency um, two more times after that, just due to myself not knowing why I was getting all of this pain in my belly um, and hormonal stuff. And just, I don't know, it's really hard to explain it. But so that, that began my search for answers. And that began my, you know, I, I think the first person specialist I saw was a gastroenterologist. And I remember seeing this guy in Kalanja um, and he he put pretty much, he listened to me for a whole hour. He listened to my smeal. I poured my heart out to him. I said, I can't poo. I said, I can't poo. I haven't pooed for two weeks. And he's just like, I think after the whole thing, he ended up just saying, look, um, you've just got really lazy bowels. It's sad that it's happened to you so soon, so young. But here's a really good, um, you know, laxative. Here's another one of my favourites, Coloxal. And he was just assigning me medication. And I just sat there like in disbelief. I was like, I had Isaac with me. I always bring Isaac to my big things. Mm. I just looked at Isaac. I was like, this is my life. I'm going to be like this forever. I'm going to be reliant on, you know, um, pooping tablets. And um, he's like, no, we've got to see someone else. So I did. I saw a naturopath, saw a nutritionist, or I did all my um, allergy tests. And yes, they came back like red zone for eggs, bananas, beans, string beans. Mm. Um, man, a list of things. And then I couldn't have gluten anymore, dairy. The first thing I cut out was dairy. That was just because I just, I knew that that was really, really hurting me. And um, it, I, I did it for so long, like eating the wrong foods to the point where my, my stomach had just become so permeable, like my intestines, to the point where every single time I ate something that I shouldn't, it was just entering straight into my bloodstream, giving me allergic reactions, getting hives going. Um, I thought I had bed bugs for like six mm -hmm. months. I changed my sheets all the time. Um, and I'd just be itchy. I'd get up in the middle of the night in summer, go to the shower, have a cold shower, wear my nighty, go back into my bed, lay there under the fan and be like, God, are you real? Is this happening? What, like, can you give me an answer? At the time, I didn't really know who God was. Like, I wasn't really on track with who God was. But I just thought, like, all this suffering, like, how can there be God when, like, I was suffering so much? It was just crazy. So, um, yeah, just saw specialist after specialist. Um, and ultimately, I think it came to a point where I started documenting things and I started putting myself out there on Instagram saying, because I had to change my goals. I went from being like this little fitness thingy, this little, like, little icon, made my own identity. Um, I made my identity, which was like this fitness model. I was on magazines. I was running boot camps. I was doing, I was emceeing at fitness expos. Like I was doing so much and I was, I wasn't, I was loving it. But as soon as I got sick, I had to, con I had to continually reassure myself and had to like change my goals and my dreams and my ambitions because no longer could my body mm. tolerate it. I, I started gaining weight more my thyroid slowed right down got tests done um and just things just like it was like 
a constant anxiety because I couldn't control my body anymore. Went from someone who could control it and like tracked my macronutrients, did everything right, learned everything, knew all the tricks and the tools to the point where now I couldn't control it. Everything I was doing wasn't working. I got married in June and I did a 27 week prep thinking like a comp prep. I wanted to look good on my wedding day. Like I think any girl would, right? Mm. Like you want to look your best on your wedding day and you're like, yes, I'm going to be shredding for the wedding. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, I'm going to look my best. So I did a 27 week prep. This is all the while I was really sick. I was getting yellower and yellower, mm. but um, in that 27 weeks had two coaches trained twice a day, eight, Went started from 2,500 calories, got down to about 1,000 and only lost a kilo in that whole time. A oh, kilo. Man. Like that's nothing. And com- considering like I've done 12-week preps when I've lost 10 kilos for a comp. Mm. So my body just stopped working. It was almost like it was just shutting down. It just didn't want to work anymore. So, um, yeah, like I think, I think that the, the, when I found out about this BII thing, I almost didn't want to believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was how, working at well. How did you find out about it? How did that come up for you that this might be what it was? Yeah, I was, um, it was actually a guy and he was at the gym one day. I was working at well gym on the reception. And, um, I think, I think we we're going to go get lunch or something. And I was just, I can't go there. I can't, I can't eat anything there. And he's like, you just have so many allergies. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, have you ever heard of breast implant illness? And I was like, what? <laughs> what is that? Like, <laughs> and he's just started saying, look, I've got a friend who literally just got her breast implants taken out and she was eating gluten the next day and she's fine now. Like she got really sick and he was just telling me all this stuff and I'm just standing there going, yeah, okay, no, what? Like, and I remember walking away from that conversation being like, wow, are you serious? Like this could be a thing. And then from that moment on, I researched. So I started looking at things and then um, I, I started posting more about it. Has anyone heard of this breast implant illness? And one of the ladies that live on the Sunshine Coast, her name's Jodie. She's amazing. Jodie Teeson, I think. I haven't actually met her yet, but um, she became like my bestie, like on social media, because she was like, look, I was getting a dress fitting for my wedding. It was about 9 p.m. at night. And I was just starting to get all these essays from someone and I just started reading and I was just so like intrigued with what she was saying. She was like, look, babe, it sounds like you've got this. This is, these were my symptoms. I just got mine out. And now I'm, you know, like she was bedridden for 18 months. She's a mom Mm. bedridden for 18 months with chronic fatigue. She couldn't eat eggs anymore. She couldn't do a lot of things anymore. And then, like, as soon as she got them out, she's like, I'm eating two eggs a day. Like, I'm feeling on top of the world. I feel like a better wife. I'm a better mum. She's like, oh, the anxiety's gone. Like, she she was, I just was blown, she was blown my mind. So, I was like, right, this is time for me to actually look into this and take action. So, went to the exact same surgeon she saw, because we lived really close. Got a consult, spoke to him, and he was amazing. Like, he... He was funny. <laughs> he was um he was really good. He he just assured me that, you know, they have to say if we do take he's been doing these this surgery for years, explaining. Um, but he's like, We do have to tell you if if we explant and nothing gets better, like how are you gonna how are you gonna react? How are you gonna feel? Mm-hmm. And then it was at this point, um, I fast tracked heaps, but um it was at this point where I even said, 
it's become a pri- like it's 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 having breast implants isn't a priority for me anymore because I think in the last three years, like through the suffering, through the the journey that I've been through, I no longer wanted them anymore for for personal reasons. Like I just I was ready to just kind of like unbuckle them and just like mm-hmm. let. Them go. Yeah. I like to use that analogy, just like a parachute, just like bye, <laughs> just ready to let them go because I just they no longer felt a part of me. They were hurting me. They throbbed. Um, and they just got in the way. I couldn't exercise anymore. Like I just said, I'm willing to take a chance, but ultimately, even if I don't get better, I'm just happy to see them go. Just, I really am. They just, they really just served me no purpose. I mean, I got married and Isaac loved me before I had boobs. Like he really did. And it's just crazy because like, like, I don't know. I didn't even like the boobs that I had, these fake boobs. I just didn't feel right anymore. So that's, that's how I knew that. That's how I kind of heard about this breast implant illness thing. And then it was just like, from there on, I've, I mean, I've never stopped trying. I've never stopped seeking. I just feel like you can't when it comes to your health, you just can't, you just can't let it happen. You've just got to keep being proactive and keep doing things that, you know, that help. I mean, see someone new, try something different, eliminate, add Mm in yeah, three years of that. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been crazy, but yeah. So I have a question. Did you ever feel the trade-off between how you wanted to feel when you got the implants and from when you got sick? Because you got sick almost immediately after you got the yeah. implants, right? So did you ever yeah. feel the trade-off of, oh, I, I have what I wanted. I feel physically beautiful now mm. versus oh, I, I have them, but I can't focus on like feeling good because I feel so awful right now physically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I felt, because I felt awful straight away. I think, I think after like maybe six or so months, or after a year, after a year, I f- they finally settled and I finally felt a bit better physically with them because I was never happy with the way that they looked. I just didn't like it. And all the while, I was too fixated on how sick that I was. Like I just... Mm. Yeah, it's just, I just did that kind of answer it. Like I just, I was never happy with the way that they looked. So I, and everyone would just say, you know, they'll drop after about a year. They take a full year to settle in and, you know, you'll be fine again. And from the day dot, they just looked like tones. <laughs> like, I really didn't like them. And then I think after a year, I managed, I managed to do another competition before I got really sick. And I'm, it took me double the time to get lean again. Um, double the time it did the first time and a lot a lot more issues going on and when I got lean that's when I liked them because I felt like I looked better they I was in more proportion but but when I was just like normal me just again like I just they just got in the way I know that that sounds silly I just wish that I knew this before I got them (laughs) but you see like you see some women out there like for instance I work in a supplement store a lot of the time and I work and I talk to girls and I talk to guys as well. But like when girls come in, we just talk about everything. I help them with supplements, nutrition advice. Had this one lady come in and we got on to breast implant illness. And she's like, oh, honey, I've had my boobs for 21 years and I'm fine. And I was like, really? She's like, yep, I've been fine since the day I got them. I'm like, wow. So like some some people are fine. Some people love them. Like it's just, it's, I, I don't know. It's just a bad case, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I always try and say like, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I wouldn't, it wouldn't have humbled me um, if I didn't go through what I went through. 
And I, I even said this to someone like just recently, if I was to have gotten the boobs and I felt great, my body still responded really well, I probably would have been happy with them. You know, like I probably would have been happy. I probably would have gone a different journey. Probably wouldn't be with Isaac, who's my amazing husband now. Like I probably would have gone and gone into the toxic environment of the of the fitness industry and done things that, you know, right now my priorities would be like, oh my gosh, how exhausting. Like I don't mm-hmm. want a bar of that. But back then, like with the, how insecure that I was and the goals that I had, I was so determined and I was never one to give up. I probably would have gone that way, that treacherous way of just like me, 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 look at me, I'm going to be on magazine covers, like that kind of thing. Like it was more of like a pride thing. But having been through what I have in the last three months, I literally sit here and I'm like, nothing is even worth your health, like nothing. And it's like, I'm in such a better position now with my life. Like I feel like I'm so much, I wouldn't have learnt self-love. I mean, even if I had got the fake boobs and I never got sick and I just kept going, I wouldn't have, I don't think I still wouldn't have felt enough. I just wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have found God. In all of this journeying, I've found, you know, a relationship with God and, you know, going to church and encountering him and him completely restoring me for all the hurt that I'd been through, all the pain and whatnot. Um, I probably wouldn't have done that. You, I mean, I don't know, but I'm just, I sit here now on the other side of it all and I'm like, what a journey, but it had to happen. I feel like I'm so happy that it happened. I'm so happy that I am where I am now because I feel, I feel free. Like I feel free of feeling like I was never good enough of feeling rejected. I feel finally feel free of suffering. I'm just in this place of just contentment and peace. And like, I don't know. It's just so hard to explain. It's like the, the veil has been taken off my eyeballs. Like I just feel so much better, but and like, and, and like now I can sit here and say to girls as well that are going through it or that, I, oh my goodness, I get so many girls saying, I was thinking about getting breast implants, but now I'm not too sure. And I just try and remind them, you know, like make sure you do it for yourself or like make sure that um, you've, you've researched it because one day you're going to have to get them out because it cost me seven, well, added up to be seven grand to get them in. It cost me 10 grand to get them out. Wow. So that's, for three years of pain (laughs) oh man it's been a journey but I just try and like and be and be more of like a a mum and saying like you know you're fine without them I love my little boobies now (laughs) they're actually bigger they're actually bigger than they were before I got the best (laughs) (laughs) like I'm turning to a woman but um I love them. And I've just been at the gym this morning. I was doing some push-ups. Like mm-hmm. I was doing some wall throws. Like I feel like I'm finally myself again. I feel like I'm, you know, I didn't even know I had anxiety until I got them out. You know, I had anxiety the whole time. I was yellow. Like, man, I could tell you all the symptoms. But So yeah. what do you think changed internally in you from before you got them to now you're talking about this journey? You've turned into a whole different person. What do you think changed inside of you in that amount of time to where before you were concerned with keeping up with what the, the industry needed of you and everything like that. And now you're like handle as your self love sister. Like how did that change happen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, I mean, it's something that I can't really put into words because I really do feel like it's, 
oh, God has helped me so much. Like it's a lot of it is supernatural. Like he's completely restored me. But in saying that, like going through all the suffering, it just gave me a huge respect for a healthy body. You know, like before I was, before I really got too far into the fitness industry, it's crazy that I say this, but I was, I was bulimic. I was making myself vomit. Mm. So when I, in my transition between swimming and, um, you know, gymming, I was so fixated on being skinny that I would, you know, I'd go out for a meal with friends or I'd go to the movies, get a big tub of popcorn, go home and vomit it all about back up. Cause I was afraid of, you know, putting on body fat. And because that was my, it was like, it was just tormenting me. Mm. Like I was just, just having that never enough mindset, but going through this suffering, I've kind of had to live out the never enough. I've kind of had to live out the, well, I'm not going to be here at this time because this is happening. So I've just got to be okay with it. But then being in that position of just being like, Oh, this is so annoying, but starting to, you know, have revelation like with, from God, I've started to really realize the important things in life. I think that we can idolize things in our life. And I mean, well, that's, that's our, that's our nature. That's our human nature. We need, we need something to idolize, whether it is partying and drugs and drinking, or if it's like, I don't know, computer games and like, it could be anything. I think if we don't have something to idol, we feel like we, we, we're, we're empty. And at the time I was idolizing, I think, yeah, the, the whole ad I wanted people to admire me like I want I, I idolize the fitness industry in that kind of sense and yeah going through this journey I've had to completely change what I've idolized because it became unattainable mm. and so doing that and seeking God's help um yeah like he's completely restored my thoughts like I, I always was told I was never enough. So I always thought that I never was. But when I read his word and he says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and actually having that revelation, it's, it's insane. I actually remember after I got my breast implants out, like the, the day one, got them out and then went back to my bed, had a little nap, waking up at like 5 a.m. I had all the stuff attached to me, the drains and whatnot. Walked myself. Actually, I called the nurse to help me go over to the bathroom because <laughs> I couldn't do it myself. Called the nurse, help me go over to the toilet. I just remember looking in the mirror and like looking at my eyes and like I don't know. It's like it's so emotional saying this. Um, just looking at my face and just seeing like absolute beauty staring back in, into me. Like it was almost like I just had this sense of just like you are fearfully wonderfully made no matter what like it doesn't even matter but I think that that was a revelation that I had Mm -hmm. revelation is a huge thing like someone can tell you something but if you don't have the revelation if you don't want the revelation you might not receive it and at the time I needed the revelation I wanted it and I'm crying out to God asking him to help me love myself was like a huge thing and he did he really did you know like I used to preach like strive for like strive for healthy because that was like the biggest thing for me was just to be healthy in the like when the the journey started 
I didn't feel healthy. I felt like I was vomiting. Like I didn't have the right thoughts. I wasn't healthy and wholly healthy. I wasn't mentally, physically or spiritually healthy. So I felt like, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, I wanted to do more of like a movement for strive for healthy. doesn't matter what you look like, even though I was still dealing with all these things, like, yes, I care what I look like. Yes. I, I'll care if I gain 10 pounds or whatever, but um, I'm not going to stop striving for healthy because I know that there's another way, but ultimately, and I mean, I could preach this all day. It wasn't until God showed me who I was in him. See, I thought I always had to make my own identity mm-hmm. and I was, and I was doing a good job at it. I was this little fitness figure and I was doing great, but it wasn't, it didn't fill the gap that I had until, you know, God gave me, you know, just restoration. And he just completely told me who I was in him. He gave me a new identity. When I just surrendered everything to him, there was a point where I just surrendered everything to him. Like, Every anxiety attack, every, you know, down day, everything that I had, I just, I come to an end and I just said, God, I'm giving it all to you. Like there were times where I was just like, I want to give up today. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm so done. Like, I feel terrible. And I always say to Isaac, like, if it wasn't for Isaac, I probably wouldn't be here because of all the pain that I went through. And um, he's helped me so much and just having him as well, give me encouragement and empower me each day has helped me find a relationship with God and helped me seek him. And, and when I laid everything down to God, he completely just picked up all my broken pieces, put them back together and told me who I was and told, gave me a new assignment. Like, because for so long I held on to, I'm going to be this, mm-hmm. but now I'm kind of free from that. I don't have to be that. There's no pressure anymore all that matters is me living out his assignment for me. So, yeah. I love that because you had said like, I got hung up on you said we all need something to idol because we do we were created that way right like we were created to worship him but if that's not where we're at then we will fill it with all the other stuff right and it's crazy because you were at a place where you were succeeding where people would have thought like she's got it all like that is that's it you know and but in reality it was you being in control of your life instead of him so it's amazing and it's scary because he brings us to those points where something happens where now we have no other spot but down on our knees right and saying like i have no other option here nothing else is working so like you said I guess it's yours. Now it's going to be yours and we'll see what happens. And it's amazing and beautiful to think, because I know so many women and we've talked with lots of women who in their broken times is when they finally say like, that's when I felt God for the first time. Like I might've even believed before, but I didn't feel it until I was at that spot of this is it. I have nothing else. No one else. Nothing is working for me. My life is at the end of its rope. And then God says, that's exactly where I wanted you, right? Like that was it. He doesn't just want like a part of you. He wants all of you. Mm -hmm. And for a little while I was on the fence and I was like, yes, you can have this, but you can't touch this. Like, this is mine. Mm -hmm. And I felt like God would always just be like, Sienna, I need everything. I need you. I just need you. 
and yeah, you're right. I didn't come to that place. It come to that place where I just surrendered everything. And then that's when God started taking the wheel. Like I'm the vessel and I'm chugging mm-hmm. along, but God's the, I mean, I think God's the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was the steering wheel and the vessel and I just was going all over the place, you know, going mm-hmm. in circles and it's just, yeah. It's yeah. It's so hard, but, but I love it. I love listening to your story and I love your revelation in the hospital and getting to see yourself the way he does, because those moments of mm-hmm. us seeing him, seeing ourselves through his eyes, we have yeah. to hold on to those because those are those moments yeah. that he gives us that will push us through. And to, those are the times for us even too, that makes us want to be like, okay, we've said on other previous podcasts, we want everyone to feel that way, right? Like if mm-hmm. everyone could see themselves through his eyes and just know how it adored they are, everything would change. And like you said, our assignments would change. And I think sometimes, I don't say, I think I know our society makes us feel like our assignments have to be one thing, especially as women, right? Like all the stuff that you said, that's what it is. That's our assignment as a woman is we have to be beautiful and fit. And there's a certain picture of that, that we have to attain. And God's saying, that's not the picture I drew. Your picture looks like this. And it's completely different than the person standing next to you. I love that. Now I'm curious now that you've had them out and now that you've been talking about it a lot more, what do you feel like your assignment is now? Well, at the moment, um, I, cause the reason I haven't really been posting about since getting them out is because I've been full of beans. I've had energy. Mm-hmm. I think it came before of having them out. And I just sat there and I was like, to my sister, I was like, I just feel so content right now. Mm-hmm. She's like, really? I'm like, I just feel like I'm, cl- I've got clarity, no more brain fog. I feel like I've got energy. Can't wait to get these drains out so I can just go and do a cartwheel. Like I just felt <laughs> But it was because I had so much fatigue and all the crap, but it just stopped as soon as I like, you know, got them out and it just started feeling better. So for the next couple of months, I started working again. I started to get back into training really slowly, but I started doing things and I was just like, this is all happening so quickly. Like, you know, but I think that um, that's why I haven't posted too much about it because I've been busy. I've been keeping myself busy and it's been great. (laughs) But um, yeah, like, since completely being on a whole new level with God and like going to church, I've started an internship at my church and um, mm-hmm. in ministry and I've been loving it. Started worship singing again. Like I'm obsessed. Like I love it so much. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like my new assignment now is just to be a Christ ambassador, you know, like and to be obedient. I, you know, like I know this is really silly, but even just the other day, like I was doing some sampling at a, at a gym and I had a lady come over to me and I'm always just like, Hey, would you like to try any of my you know, protein or pre-workout or anything? So sometimes I go and do those and um, I love it because I get to talk to people. And this one lady came up to me and she was just so shocked that I was talking to her. And I said, how are you? And um, she was like, Oh yeah, good. I don't really train. I don't really do anything. And I could just sense that she was really timid, but I also heard the Holy spirit just say, keep talking to her. So I did. And I just remember two and a half hours later summarize it she ended up telling me her brother just passed away he committed suicide her Mm. mum died of brain cancer two years before and her dad died of kidney cancer like Mm. seven years before so this poor woman she was in, in a place of she just hated her body she just hated everything that was going on she was isolating herself um 
she came to the gym. That was her third day there ever because she completely just hated herself and she started, she wanted to make a change. And the whole time we were talking, God was just pounding my heart saying, you need to either pray for her now or you need to bring her to church. And, you know, it's all quite new to me. Like I didn't, I was like, God, I don't want to pray for her in front of me. <laughs> but what if she doesn't want me to pray for her so um what I did I just started telling her about church because my church was just down the road and because she just couldn't get over how happy I was I think that that's why or why I was talking to her she just couldn't believe that I was chatting to her and so I ended up asking her about like telling her about church and she's like oh yeah I went to one of those like what ages ago when I was young and it was a bit scary and all this kind of so her perception of it was completely warped like like a Reverend Lovejoy on the Simpsons with wooden chairs and like completely like so as I was talking to her I managed to warp her perception and say look it's actually really fun I can get you like we can you know we can just go and do this or there's food like blah blah on the Sunday nights we have like more it's more of like a connection we we obviously have the service and stuff but after it we just hang out and like it's really fun and so I managed to in that moment encourage her because God was just telling me to listen encourage and get her to church so I did all of them and I did all of them and she came to church on the Sunday and she literally like oh, she was just eyes open like amazed she just felt light in there like she just felt hopeful she came again like this is just a random lady that I didn't even know, but I just, God used me as the privileged vessel to speak life back into her. This poor woman, like who just isolated herself for like seven years, she said. She just hasn't, you know, spoken to anyone. And I just know that God's using me now as someone to encourage and someone to just bring back his babies, bring back his lost babies by, but I don't have to be anything else other than myself. But that's, that's the cool part is like, he's created us for purpose he's created us for uniqueness and individuality which is what is so cool because in that moment god chose me because he knew that i had the tools in my personality to to speak to this woman to give her hope again and like it's just like yes god loves me like he he's using me and i think that and like knowing that he is as well it's just builds more faith and it just makes you just like god give me new opportunities like i'm so ready like i'm ready to just be a little soldier for you like a warrior princess like whatever you want me to do i'll do it oh and so, those, those moments too like that's ministry in just everyday places right like that's the thing that i love is i i I have had people ask me before and say like well, i really want to get involved in ministry what do you think that i should do and it's like ministry is right now talking to the person next to you or the person that, you know, looks like they've had a bad day or the stranger at the coffee shop. Like I've always, so I read in a book one time that the way you make friends is three minutes at a time, like first interactions and talking to them when you first meet them, like finding strangers, you make friendships three minutes at mm -hmm. a time. And it's beautiful. Cause just like that, like you just taking the time and knowing like in an ordinary place like this, seeing her broken heart, and stepping up and being like, no, my job right now is to care for your heart and to show you that you are seen. You are worthy of my time, of God's time. You're worthy of me coming here and taking you to church. Like that's what we need, right? Is we need to know we are seen, just someone seeing us. That's ministry in itself. If we just did that more often, what you're talking about, oh man, that, that alone is what Jesus was talking about, right? Like that's what we're told to do when we are told to go. That's it right there. 
And I think that that's it. Like God just completely gives you new passions. He gives you new desires. You, you, he, he just wants you. He just wants you on the earth to do what he's, he's called you to do. And I think you're living the most amazing, happiest life, joyful life when you're living out your calling, mm-hmm. your, your calling that God's given you. Yeah. And your yeah. testimony, because now you're sharing your story. Oh, it makes me think of, um, I can't remember what chapter, but the woman who was bleeding for 12 years and touched Jesus's cloak. Right. And at the end of the story, there's like this little verse, little snippet that says that her entire village believed because she told everyone. And so just listening to that, like in her men, her moment was a second, right? Like a second. He talks to her for maybe two minutes and then was done. It was, she touched his cloak. He told her she had faith and believed and it was done, but she got an entire village to believe because of her testimony. And now you have such a beautiful testimony that the last three years has given you that that's it. Now it's like, okay, go into your village, you know, and share what, what's happened with me. I love the way that you put that. That's so good. It's so true. It's amazing. It's just, it is, it's a testimony. Testimony is a test that brings, you know, Mm -hmm. I think testimony in like Hebrew or something stands for, you know, like, and bringing back people to God. Mm -hmm. Your testimony is like um, a way of but people to believe, you know, like it's hard to explain it. It was some Hebrew. Look it up. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll look it up after this. I'll be like, oh, I should have said that. <laughs> but yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So now that you've been through this all and you're talking about your assignment, what do you want women? First of all, what do you want women that are considering breast implants or feel like they need that as a part of them? What would you say to them right now? Um, oh man, I probably just start with, like, you, this is literally what I would say. Oh, why do you want them? <laughs> <laughs> if I was having breakfast with someone and a friend was just like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting boobs. I'm like, why? <laughs> I probably just want to know. And if they said, oh, you know, I've just been flat my whole life and blah, blah. I would honestly just say, you know, what I've been through in the last three years it might not happen to you. Like it honestly might not happen. I think it's one in seven women, but you will have to get them out one day as well because they aren't lifelong devices. And then I actually would add on, um, like I think it was a couple of weeks ago when I actually saw my surgeon and he showed me more photos of the implants. And he said, did you know that when we took your left implant out, we had to clear the room out and then get everyone back in because it stunk so bad. He mm, said wow. there was mold growing on my left implant. And he showed me the photo and there was white mold all over my left implant. And he's just like, no wonder you were so sick. And he said it stunk that bad. They all had to evacuate and then come back in. Wow. So I just share that my, my testimony. Like you don't know what goes on. And I think, you know... It, you know, same with pacemakers, your, your body, it's, it's a foreign object, whether your body can, you know, handle it or not. It's just, it's a huge issue. But I would honestly just say like, make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons, but research, 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 because I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't have someone to say, do the research. I didn't. I just, all I had was saying, get them, you need them because you've got to be a fitness model. Like you got to do this and everyone else is getting them. Like you're the only one that's not getting them. Like, so I would just say research um, and make sure that 
you're doing it for the right reasons. Make sure that you're not doing it to try and fill a gap because it won't be filled. Whether whether the, the pain comes or not, it's not going to fix it. It's really not. I think that that gap can only really be filled by our true creator, which is God. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm starting to say that with a bit more confidence. I used to be fearful of saying that to people. Mm-hmm. I still get a bit like... What, you know like what are they going to think because they come back into that rejection mindset where I'm like I don't want them to think I'm a complete loopy person mm-hmm. but that's the thing like I can't explain it because you can't explain God he's like if you know if we could explain him we'd be putting limit on him and God's limitless you know mm-hmm. I, I I would just yeah I would honestly just say research and um make sure that you you've found love with yourself first mm-hmm. yeah Yeah. What what about for the women that maybe now hearing this are reconsidering the ones that they maybe have already? What Mm. kind of thoughts would you be telling them moving forward if they should think about it more, research more on that end? Or or if they do want to get them out, what advice would you have for them there? I have had girls ask me, oh my goodness, like I've just got boobs, like I've just got breast implants. And I'm like, how are you? And she's like, well, I'm fine, all right. I'm fine now, like I'm okay. But um, I'm worried about getting sick. And like another really good girlfriend of mine, she's had us for about a year. She's like, oh, I just wish I never got them. Like in another friend, she's, she said that she's had hers for a little while now. She had babies, so she just got hers done. And she's just like, I'm, I'm stressing. I wish I never did it and all this kind of stuff. So anyone who does have them, what I would just say is I would just honestly... I would just go and if they're not feeling too sick, I would just, I would just keep watching. Like I would just, I don't know. Cause I don't know the science behind it. I know that these ladies have gone to the FDA now to like put in some measures to help women get explants for free. If they do go bad, like, mm-hmm. cause we shouldn't yeah. have to pay for that. You know, we shouldn't, I know that there's so many institutes being sued and everything, but um, there, there is going to be some justice for this. I know that there is. I think there's already beginning to be. There's going to be way more case studies on this kind of stuff. But um, I know that one of my girlfriends, she's just had a consult to get hers out. I, I think that she started to get a bit of fatigue and allergies and stuff like that. So if, you, if you've got the finances I, and, and you truly believe that you're going to be sick, I would say get them out. Don't wait a little bit. Don't wait longer because I did and it was just awful. But it's really hard. I feel like I'm not like a medical kind of <laughs> head, but and I don't really know too much about the subject, but I just feel like living in pain, it's just not worth it when you can do something about it. But, you know, it's, it's hard when you don't know what you can do about it. But if it is the breast implants making you sick and you do believe that it is, I would look at getting them out sooner than later my sister for instance she is sick and she knows it but she'll laugh about it she's like you know like I'll get them out when I get married and stuff (laughs) (laughs) no but it's also expensive Mm -hmm. you've got to have the finances behind it too for now so I think she even was like I'll just wait and see if something comes out of all of this this talk about um potentially the government funding getting women's breast implants out so, yeah, I hope that was a, I answered your question. Like, I'm not really yeah. sure if that helped at all. Do you have any more questions? Um, no, is there anything else you wanted to talk about that the listeners, you feel like you, you wanted to say when you were on the podcast? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. 
really hard. It's a, I could say heaps of stuff. I'm such a sanguine personality to the point where I'm like, you tell me to talk about one topic and I'll be like, and I'll tell you a story. And I went to the toilet and then I blew my and then I did this. That's just the way that I am. So, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm so sorry. Well, we're so glad that you made time for us. We're really honored and thankful that you made time to chat with us. And I know that our listeners are going to get a lot from it. I want our listeners to be able to find you online if they want to follow your story or anything like that. So where can they find you at? Okay. I've got two Instagrams. My personal one's at sienna.marie and it's spelled C-I-A-N-N-A dot Marie, M-A-R-E-E. And then I've got my my other one, which is more, um, more of, it's still a journey, but it's more about um, helping women connect with each other and getting answers and giving answers. So that's my at your.self.love.sister. So that one's more to do with um, women's stuff. So I'm still posting on there. Like I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent, but it's good to be able to talk about things and Man, I think I've just started getting sciatica, random. But all of these women who have had it are messaging me saying, try this, try that. Have you done this? Or look into this. And it's been working. Like, it's just, I just feel like these things are just like, we need to talk about them more. So if you want to follow that page, um, yeah, message me and I'll try and talk about whatever you'd like to, whatever topic that's on your heart and connect some more people with it. Hmm. That's so neat. So that's at your.self.love.sister, right? And then the other one is at C-I-A-N-N-A dot M-A-R-I-E. All right. Well, you guys should go check her out because I follow both of both of those pages and you are very <laughs> inspiring and encouraging. And that's what I like to fill my feed with. So I'm thankful for you and I appreciate it. And thank you again for coming on. We really had a good time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our last episode of Tales of Moxie. We would be so grateful if you would leave us a review or subscribe and let us know what you're thinking. Let us know if you enjoy it and what more you would like to hear. If you want to leave us an email to let us know that, we would also love that. We can be reached at talesofmoxie at gmail.com. We really want to get in touch with you guys and just know more about our listeners and know what it is that you guys want to hear. And if you know someone who has a story that you think has to be on this podcast, email us, let us know. We'd love to have them on. In the meantime, have a great Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we will see you in the new year.